that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? Is God being judgmental for calling people sinners? Maybe God should apologize for calling people sinners. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that would say, yeah, I think you're right. He should apologize for calling, because he's being judgmental by calling people sinners. You know, there's a verse in Isaiah 58 and verse 1. It says, cry aloud, do not spare, lift up your voice like a ram's horn, and show my people their rebellion and the house of Jacob their sins. Now, question. If I did that, if anybody else did that, if any minister did that, wouldn't that be judging? If I actually showed people their sins, if I actually pointed out and said, that's wrong, wouldn't that be judging? And isn't it wrong to judge? Didn't Jesus tell us, judge not? Well, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that. You know, it used to be the most quoted scripture out there. For God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. That used to be the most quoted scripture out there. Well, today, guess what the most quoted scripture is today? Yeah, you guessed it. Judge not that you be not judged. And I'm not just talking about a bunch of humanists, a bunch of liberal, you know, mindset running around saying this. These also are ignorant Christians who are running around saying, you know, the Bible says not to judge and we shouldn't judge one another. Now, the question I want to deal with today is this. I want to ask the question, is it wrong for you to judge another? Is it wrong for you to say that's wrong? What you did was wrong. Should we Human beings live our lives pretending not to see what we see, pretending not to hear what we hear, pretending not to feel what we feel. You know, you're in the shopping mall and maybe you see some, some brat steal something off the shelf. Should you pretend that you don't see what you see? Is it judging for you to say, that boy just took, that boy just stole something that is not his? Is it wrong to judge? Should you tolerate sin and evil under the juvenile thinking, the juvenile slogan that says, well, it's not for me to judge. Judge not. You know, I remember a long time ago, there was a television evangelist was, that was caught with a prostitute. Now, they, caught, they had it on video of him coming out, a famous, get this, a famous television evangelist coming out of a motel room with a prostitute. He was caught red-handed, okay? And I was uh, down at the local store, and uh, some of the guys are talking, and they say, hey, what about old so-and-so getting caught with a prostitute? What do you think about that? And, and this guy, in all of his ignoramus, self-righteousness, religious BS, said, well, the Bible tells me it's not for me to judge. 
judge. What's there to judge? They caught the guy on video coming out of a motel room red-handed with a prostitute. What's there to judge? There's nothing to judge about that other than just to say that was wrong. You're just agreeing with reality and all its ugliness that what that person did was wrong. That's not judging. Not judging at all. You know, when you can't make a stand for anything, you know, it's like that country western song, You've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. You've got to be your own man, not a puppet on a string. And that's what we have today, a bunch of puppets on a string that, that, that don't even have the gumption to judge between right and wrong. When you fail to make a stand and you hide behind this slogan that, you know, that's not for me to judge, you actually create this kind of society. Well, what kind of a society? Well, let's take a look at it. Isaiah 5 and verse 20 says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Yeah, this is the kind, when you go around saying it's not for you to judge, you're creating a society where people call good evil and evil good. It's a society of confusion that you will be living in. You know, I was watching an interview by, I think it was Mark Dice, who was interviewing, interviewing young people. And he was asking a question, you know, what if, if you had a friend who was having sex with his brother, would you think that's weird or strange or wrong? And without exception, every one of these young millennials or whatever they are, people without brains, you know, they all say, well, well, no, I, I, you know, it's not for me to judge. Uh, you know, if, 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 if the brother was having sex with a sister, you know, I, I, it's not for me to judge. And, you know, I, I just, all of them, without exception, said, it's not for me to judge. And then he went, carried a step further. He said, well, how about a father having sex with his daughter? Incest. And they all said, well, that, well, you know, I guess, you know, it'd be okay, you know. And, and one person said, let, let people love. He was asking about, you know, what about gay uh, homosexuals? You think that's wrong or strange or weird? Oh, no, no, let people love. And we're not supposed to judge one another. You know, I, I got to thinking about this whole homosexuality issue. You know, if a man doesn't know what his anus is for, he's not very educated. That's, I mean, that's the bottom line. He's not very educated. Now, if you're a Christian, you need to get over being called judgmental. We need to get over being called judgmental. You know, actually, I'm good at it. You know. you know, now let me tell you something. If you have the gift of discernment, often people, when you have the gift of discernment, you will be called judgmental. Now, the gift of discernment is a spiritual gift. And um, it, it sort of, let me try to explain it. You know, sometimes you can have, you can listen to people's head knowledge and maybe they're explaining something, and then something inside of you, even though they have all this head knowledge, something inside of you says, that's not right. I don't quite agree with what you're saying. Now, you may not tell the person that, but inside you're saying, I don't agree with what, okay, that's discernment. You know, maybe someone is trying to explain to you the earth is flat. And something inside of you, even though they got this head knowledge, if it is some head knowledge out there about that, but I'm sure it is, but you know, people have all kinds of theories. Um, but even though you're hearing what they say, your spirit says, that's not right. That's called discernment. And even though you don't have maybe the head knowledge to prove them wrong, 
your discernment will say, that's not right, something's wrong with this, don't befriend this, don't trust that person, don't befriend, you know, that's discernment. Now, if you have the gift of discernment, you will be called judgmental. You really will. Because you operate with an internal compass called the gift of discernment. And you will be called judgmental. Now, this juvenile thinking, it's not for me to judge another. Now, I tell you, I hope you don't own your own business. You know, I'm part owner of a business, but I, I, let me tell you something. When you're part owner of a business, you judge all the time. You judge people, you judge situations. When you hire people, you're judging. When you fire people, you're judging. You're judging, you're having to make decisions. You're having to use the gift of judgment and discernment all the time when you own your own business. So if you believe, well, it's not for me to judge, well, I hope, you're never going to own your own business, I can guarantee you that. No way. Now, did you know in the Bible there is a book called The Judges? Yeah, The Judges. Now, what was all of that about? The Judges. Well, these leaders were men that God raised up for their administrative abilities and their spiritual discernment. And they would judge the people. Yes. You couldn't tell them, well, you, know, you know, Jesus said, don't judge that you be done. You know, judge not. You couldn't tell the judges that. Okay. All right. But I'm going to explain this verse. I'm going to explain this verse a little bit later on. I'm going to get to the verse about, well, what about the verse that says judge not? What about Jesus? He said judge not. I'm going to explain that in a little bit. But before I do, let's take a look at something else Jesus said in Luke 12 and verse 57. Yea, he says, yea, and why even of yourselves judge ye not what is right? Why can you not judge? Jesus is asking the question. Why can you not judge what is right? How can you not judge that incest is wrong? That homosexuality, why is it you can't say that's wrong? Uh, living together without any type of commitment, why is it you can't just say that's wrong? 50 million abortions, why can't we, the moral issues that, why can't we just say that's wrong? What we're doing, what the people are doing, what that law that was just passed is, why can't we say that? It's wrong. Leviticus 19 and verse 15 says this, you shall do no unrighteousness in judgment. You shall not respect the person of the poor nor honor the person of the mighty. But in righteousness shall you judge your neighbor. Now this is instructions on how. Far from not judging, this is instructions on how to judge people. In other words, you don't judge because the person is rich or because the person is poor. You don't take the, or maybe the person is covered with tattoos. All right, you don't necessarily judge because of, you, you, in other words, the character of the person now, I agree, tattoos, you know, your body is not a billboard sign, okay? It's just not. Because sooner or later, you're going to run out of room to write anything. Your body was never intended to be a billboard sign to put your favorite slogan, your favorite picture. It's just not. I mean, that's common sense, okay? All right, but still, you don't judge. You judge by righteous character of the person. You, it, does their character line up with God's standard of morality? Now, if you don't know God's standard of morality, you're going to be in a pickle when it comes to judging. Okay, you gotta know something about the Bible, about God's standard of morality, but we are told to have righteous judgment, to know what the Bible says about these issues. 
whether something is right or whether something is wrong. What does the Bible say about homosexuality? What does the Bible say about whatever it may be, sexual immorality? What does the Bible say about incest? You've got to know what the Bible says about these issues, and then it's okay, as long as you're not doing the same thing, it's okay to judge them as wrong. Okay. Now, I think a lot of people are playing God when they say, it's not for me to judge. Because I hear that, all, it's not for me to judge. I think they're trying to play God. Now, as human beings, we have to judge between what is right and wrong. We have to judge the actions of others, and we have to judge ourselves. In order to make your life work, you have to judge between good and evil, right and wrong. You have to. You have to. But I think a lot of people are playing God. Christ is the only being that can withhold judgment at this time. He is the only being that can do that. Okay? Let's take a look at something Jesus said. John 12 and verse 47. He said, And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. Now notice this. Jesus said, if any man hear my words and don't believe them, I'm not judging him. Now who is God not judging at this time? Let me give you a list. He's not judging the atheist. He's not judging the unbeliever. He's not judging the agnostic. He's not judging people who hate God. He's not judging most sinners as far as that goes. If God were judging the world right now, what do you think would happen? We would all be in a pickle. I mean, we would all be destroyed if God was actually judging the world right now. He's not judging the world. He just, Jesus just said, I didn't come to judge the world. So what is God doing? Well, he's, he, I tell you what he's doing. He's doing an experiment right now. He's given mankind 6,000 years to live by the law that says, if it feels good, I'm going to do it. He's letting man govern man. He's sort of taking a hands-off approach. He's giving mankind enough rope to hang himself. And he's doing it, this experimental project of man trying to govern each other, void of the leadership of the Holy Spirit. That has to be proven that it will not work. You know, sometimes there's only one way to prove stuff to we stiff-necked, hard-hearted human beings. You have to prove that it will not work through experience. So God has given mankind a 6,000-year experimental thing going on where we try to make our lives work. We try to get along. We try to make government work void of the leadership, void of receiving the Spirit of God. Okay, receiving God's spiritual DNA at baptism through the laying on of hands accepting Christ as our personal Savior. Void of that, we're trying to make our lives work, and we're, we've got to prove that it will not work. And there's only one way we can do that. 6,000 years of the misery of human beings on this earth. Well, sooner or later, we're going to get it that we cannot govern ourselves void of the Holy Spirit. Okay. You remember they said they asked for a king... And you remember this comment that God made? He said, said, now, Samuel, they have not rejected you, Samuel, but they, have re they asked for a president to be their leader. You know? and, and God says, look, they haven't rejected you. They have rejected me from reigning in their lives, from ruling in their lives. Listen to this offer, and I'll be right back. <clears throat> Man has the intellectual capacity to design spaceships to take him to the moon and back, to invent the computer, and to do other marvelous exploits in the physical, material realm. Yet during man's nearly 6,000 years on earth, he has proved that he cannot solve his problems with fellow men.
Through the ages, man has tried to bring about a utopian paradise by every conceivable means, yet without success. He has attempted to live by every imaginable type of government. He has even tried living without any government at all. Absolute anarchy. All of them have failed miserably. Why has this been so? Jesus Christ is going to return to set up His kingdom on this earth. And right now, God is in the process of training future leaders that will teach true education. But what is true education? Find out by ordering The Coming Utopia. In this publication, you will learn of God's system for re-educating society. Order by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. Now, Jesus said in John 12 and verse 47, he said, For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. Now, this is a conundrum. Because he's saying, look, I didn't, I didn't come to judge it right now, but I did come to save it. It's sort of like a conundrum here. Because the world cannot be saved until it is judged, until people are every individual, an individual cannot be saved until they are judged by God's law and standard of morality. They have to come up against that in order to be saved. Now, as far as the law, most churches are not even teaching the law of God. They're teaching just the opposite that has been done away with, fulfilled, nailed to the cross. So when we consider, okay, the world, people cannot be saved until they are judged by God's standard of morality. We have to realize, well, this is not happening today. And yet, you know, Jesus said, I didn't come to judge the world, but to save it. Now, how, how, is, he, how is he saving it? Well, understand. Jesus has made the way of salvation possible for all mankind. 2,000 years ago, when he died on that cr cross, he made the way to salvation possible for all mankind. But God judging mankind and offer him, offering him salvation is only occurring to a small remnant at this time. In other words, at this time, he is calling a first fruit. Okay? Now let's notice what the Bible says about those he is calling right now. Now you may fit into that category. God may be calling you. But here, here's what happens if God is calling you. 1 Peter 4 and verse 17. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? So if God has called you, you are being judged right now according to God's law and standard of morality. Now, if God has not called you, then you fit into this category of th that Jesus said, I came not to judge the, judge the world. Not, not, not at this moment. That's the category you fit in. If God has not called you, God is not judging you at this time. Your judgment period of time will come uh, later at, when the, at a time when the Bible refers to the rest of the dead will live. When the rest of the dead will live. Now, let me just clarify something. Christ has two ministries. His first ministry occurred 2,000 years ago. It lasted about, when he began his ministry, he was about 30 years old. He died at 33 and a half. So his ministry, his first ministry lasted three and a half years. Now, his first ministry, he came as a humble carpenter to die for our sins. Okay, that was Christ's first ministry. 
He didn't come to judge the world. That's Christ's first ministry. His second ministry is going to occur, the second three and a half year period, is going to occur at his return. And he's returning as king of king, lord of lord, and he is going to judge the earth. He's coming with judgment. His second ministry. When Christ returns, that's when he's going to set his hand to save mankind from, to truly save mankind from their sins at Christ's second coming. Okay, when people say it's not for me to judge, I think they're playing God. Because only God can withhold judgment. As human beings, we have to judge between right and wrong, good and evil. We have to judge the actions of others, and we have to judge ourselves daily. Uh, and now, one of the ways America, according to prophecy, go, will go into captivity, one of the reasons America goes into captivity is by the refusal to judge right and wrong. I mean, think about it. how lazy can you get when you say, it's not for me to judge. I can't even use this thing between my ears. How lazy can you get when you can't even make a judgment call between good and evil, between right and wrong? When you can't look at what someone's doing and saying that's wrong or that's right. How lazy can you get? And that's one of the reasons we go into captivity because we have lost the ability to have judgment. Luke 6 and verse 37, let's take a look at this and explain it. Jesus said, judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and it shall be forgiven. Now, if that's all you knew about the Bible, if that was the one and only verse you knew that Jesus said, well then, yeah, you can run around like a buffoon and say, well, you know, Jesus told me not to judge, and it's not for me to judge. Yeah, you could be like a dumb, nitwitted blonde running around saying, it's not for me to judge. Yeah, you could do that. That's all you knew about the Bible. All right, let's continue on. In Luke 6 and verse 39, he continue, continue, continues this story about what he's talking about when it comes to the subject of judging. And he spake a parable unto them. Can the blind lead the blind? Shall they not both fall into the ditch? You know, you got two people walking along and they see someone stealing something in a grocery store. And the one looks at the other and says, you know, it's not for me to judge. Maybe he's hungry, you know. So he's stealing. And the other one says, yeah, you know, it's not for me to judge that's whether that's right or wrong. Okay, what's going to happen? They're both going to fall into the ditch. Your nation is going to fall into the ditch when you have all of these people running around saying, it's not for me to judge. Skipping on down to Luke 6 and verse 41, he begins to explain it more. And why behold you the mote that is in your brother's eye, but perceive not the beam that is in your own eye? Okay, I'm going to switch translations here to God's word. Reads a little bit clearer. Why do you see the piece of sawdust in another believer's eye and not notice the wooden beam in your own eye? How can you say to another, friend, let me take the piece of sawdust out of your eye when you don't see the beam in your own? You hypocrite. And that's the issue. When you're judging and you're doing the same thing, it makes you a hypocrite. Let's notice, continue on, Jesus' instruction here. First, remove the beam from your own eye. Then you will see clearly to remove the piece of sawdust from another believer's eye. Now notice this. He's not saying never judge. Judgment starts with a critical evaluation of yourself. First, remove the beam in your own eye. 
and you'll see clearly to help others. Helping others involves critical judgment. And if the blind lead the blind, they'll both fall into the ditch. Jesus is not saying never judge. He's, let's notice again. First remove the beam from your own eye. Then, notice that, then you will see clearly to remove the piece of sawdust from another believer's eye. In other words, what Jesus is saying is don't judge another when you yourself are doing the same thing. It makes you look like a hypocrite. Now, I got to thinking about the motive behind this never judge others. And I think there is a motive. If we cannot judge others based on God's definition of morality, then we will never judge our own actions. And I think that, you see how convenient that is? Well, I can't judge others, and I'm sure not going to judge or my own actions or condemn myself because I'm not supposed to judge others. You see how convenient that is? I think that is the diabolical motive behind this attitude of, well, it's not, I can't judge, and the Bible tells me not to judge. It's because people don't want to judge. They don't want to have that critical evaluation of themselves up against God's standard of morality. They're trying to avoid that like the plague, don't you know? And of course, the problem with that thinking is this. You cannot have, listen to me, you cannot have a relationship with God until you say these three words. I was wrong. Now you can be religious, but you can't have a relationship with God. You got to be able to say, I was wrong. And that involves painful self-evaluation and judgment to even be able to say those three words. I was wrong. And that's where a relationship with God begins. A relationship with God doesn't begin with just knowing that God loves you. A relationship with God begins with saying three words. I was wrong. Let's conclude with this verse, 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 31. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. What a powerful statement. When we judge ourselves by God's standard of morality, the law of God, on a continuous basis, when we have a self-evaluation going on, judging ourselves according to God's standard of morality, you know, you don't have to worry about being judged. If that des describes you, you don't have to worry about what other people say about you. And you can have the absolute confidence that you are right, which is a, a wonderful thing to have. I'm not talking about self-righteousness. I'm talking about you can know that, okay, what I am doing according to God's standard of morality is right. I'm David Freeman, and that's what's really in your Bible. If you would like a free DVD recording of this program that you can share with friends and loved ones, write to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. And be sure to mention the title of this program. For more information, check us out online at isthatreallyinthebible.net. Listen to the podcast, watch the weekly program, worship with us on our weekly Sabbath service, and be sure to visit our free bookstore. Again, the website is isthatreallyinthebible.net.